This is episode 84 of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the one and only show that brings you real life advice on how to be a better man. My guest today is the one and only Eric Williams. Eric is a business coach. He's a marketing consultant. And of course, he is the father of two boys. He's also a repeat offender on the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I think this is visit number two. But before we get started, as a man who desires to live up to his full potential, you need a tribe. If you haven't joined the Brotherhood of Fatherhood Facebook group yet, be sure to hop on Facebook and search the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Join the most valuable group online where you can get practical and tactical advice on how to be a father, husband, and the leader you are destined to be. Hey, Eric, what's up, my man? Welcome to the show. Scott, I'm so glad to be here. So glad to be talking uh, about important topics and uh, maybe providing some values to uh, some dads and father figures out there. That's right. I'm super, I'm, I'm actually, uh, this one's different and I'm, I'm really kind of excited about it. So j- men, if you're listening, women, if you're listening, first and foremost, Eric is, a, uh, is an amazing father, two boys. We've had a previous episode where we talked about um, those boys and the challenges and, and wonders of being a father. And uh, Eric gave some really awesome advo- advice. And uh, we might touch on that a little bit here. So if you want to know more about Eric and his journey of being a father, whoa, little tongue tie there, specifically with, uh, with some um, unique challenges with, his, with one of his children, you got to go back and listen to that. But today, today, if you are a, um, an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, if you are interested in creating a business, if you're a coach, if you're anything where you need to sell yourself, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you're breathing you need to sell yourself. <laughs> so, um, and we'll touch on that as well. Actually, Eric and I were just talking about that. Selling and mm-hmm. creating a message that matters isn't only for business. We have to do this every day with our kids. We have to do this every day with our spouse. So I'm super excited to jump into this because Eric is an expert when it comes into marketing. He is a great marketing consultant. I have used him for uh, on multiple occasions and have been extremely happy with the results. I've referred him to, I don't know how many people who've used them and have gotten back to me and say they're excited. So with all of that, Eric, thank you so much for joining me again. Yeah. I I love what you said there too. I mean, you know, we're, we're always selling, we're always communicating and, you know, whether you're a father or an entrepreneur, father, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader or manager, um, one of the key things we do every single day is you have to get engagement from the people that you are around. That could be your customers. That could be your kids. That could be your wife. That could be, you know, any, anyone else that could be your friends. You need engagement. And the way we communicate what it is that we're doing is what's going to determine that engagement level. Yeah. So in all practical um, ways of explaining this, I mean, we reached out to you, actually, I had had experience with you with another company that was trying to figure out how to relay their message, how to relay what it is that they did for people um, to, uh, to the person that needed to hear it. 
And through that process, I realized, you you know, you were walking the company through this and I'm like, wow, we were so off for so long. We were hearing what we thought other people wanted to hear instead of what really people really wanted to hear. And it's all coming through our own filter, like our own filters bias. We have more information. Maybe I'm thinking on a level eight of that topic where most of my our target is thinking on a level three or four. Right, right. So it was super eye-opening. And then um, my business partner and partner in Brotherhood of Fatherhood, Josh and I were on with you developing the layout for um, our newest business. And uh, it was it was a game changer for us. We totally changed our website. We, we created a keynote speech out of it. We, uh, our work with you, we've done some marketing, um, lead magnet, things with you. And so for us, it was, it was a massive game changer. So first of all, first of all, for a business owner, let's, let's, let's go there and we'll, we'll dive into the parent thing. So don't tune out. If you're not a business owner, don't tune out because this matters. Um, What are the, what is the thing you see the most when someone comes to you that they're, they've done wrong or they need a lot of help? with? Yeah. It's usually small tweaks, you know, because uh, for most of you, if you're a business owner, you didn't get in business to run a business. You got in business because you liked uh, making a certain product. You maybe you liked uh, cooking. Maybe you liked uh, leading people. Maybe you know whatever that is, whatever product or service you're offering, that's the primary driver for you getting into business. And then um, as soon as you you know file for that LLC or that C corp or S corp or whatever it is, and you start running things, and then now you're having to pay payroll. Now you need to get salespeople. Now you need to start marketing. And, and getting the social media stuff, you start to realize that I know what it is that I do. I just have a hard time communicating it out to others. So that's what I hear the most from business owners is like, I don't get it. Like, I know what I'm doing, but I either fumble over when somebody says like, what is it that you do? Or what does your business do? I either go, oh man, that's kind of complicated. Or I ramble on and say too many things. Or the thing that I think is working out, I say to them, and it kind of falls flat. Or the people on the other end, they go, oh, so it's kind of like this. And it's completely wrong. And it's because we don't really know how to take the knowledge that we have and communicate it in a way uh, that is going to be, like I said, engaging for your target audience. And so that would be like the first big tip is remember, you're not communicating for you and you're not communicating for others in your field. You are communicating for Joe Schmo that's on, you know, just randomly out there that's coming across your website or your social media or your video or your podcast. And you need to communicate in a way that's going to uh, help them understand what it is that you do and how your product or service makes their life better. And it needs to happen in like eight seconds or less. Otherwise they're going to tune you out. Yeah, I was just listening to um, a course and the the guy running it said, hey, you know, we are to a point where we have a uh, attention span shorter than a goldfish. We're at about yes. six seconds right now. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, the second someone tunes in, you've got this very small sliver of, of finding a way to hook them in. And yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's the hook is, is one of the most important things. If you take any sort of core on the communication piece, whether uh, like now with the, with the TikTok generation now, you know, it's like, if you don't get somebody within three seconds of them coming across your content, they're already thinking, do I need to bail and go to something different because of our attention spans? Yeah. And I, I, I think you just, you just hit it, hit on something is that attention pan, span at six seconds is probably going to be down to three in yeah. not too many years. Yep. Yeah. And not, not only that, but it's, it's like, there's different levels. Like I have to be hooked within the first 
I have to be hooked within the first three to go, is this interesting? And then within that first six to eight, that's when I have to know, okay, is this clear? Do, do I get what the benefit is for me here on this content? Otherwise I'm moving on. And I think for the dads out there or the father figures, parents out there, the same is true for when you're communicating with your kids. Same is true when you're communicating with your spouse. If you're a manager at work and you manage people, when you're leading a meeting, when you're having a one-on-one, whatever it looks like, you have to be able to right off the bat hook people's attention and make sure they know that this information is important to them, is going to help them survive, is going to help them thrive, is going to help them meet the goals and needs that they have. Otherwise, they're going somewhere else because people are looking to have problems solved for them. And, and I think the people who succeed the most, uh, whether you call it like fulfilling your purpose Um, that's really what I think is the fancy way of turning around. Like there's a problem out there that we are all called to solve, whether personally or in our business. And we need to do a great job of communicating that to people. Otherwise we're going to get disengagement. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember going through the process of putting together our website and like Mm -hmm. the first, like the very first thing on there needs to be like a direct connect and, and, and it was a really interesting process because I think on that, hey, this is what our, I know what our customer, like I said earlier, I know what our customer needs when it comes to a high level. I know what they need. Sure. And I was just talking to my wife about this on her, on her website. I was like, it's not what you know they need. It's right. what they think they need. Now, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, exactly. So what we think is our product or service is solving a physical problem with the product or service. And that, that has to do with, uh, you know, in the framework that I use, we, we call that their external problem. Uh, I need something to eat. So the restaurant is giving me food and that's, what's going to fulfill my needs. So when you sell food, you're going to do that. Um, I need a certain product to do a certain thing. And so you're selling me that, but what differentiates you and what really makes you stand out and makes your customers want to engage more is when you can address what that, what that problem is, how that problem is making them feel. So not that external problem, those things, but the internal problem, how I feel about it. So one of the examples I love to use when I'm, when I'm with, uh, uh, companies or what I'm, you know, given a, a keynote is talking about the difference between like a McDonald's and a Chick-fil-A. And now you got to go back maybe a year and a half ago or so when we were actually walking into restaurants physically. But, you know, if I'm hungry, it's debatable on how much difference there is in actual food quality between a McDonald's and a Chick-fil-A. I mean, of course we could say, well, Chick-fil-A is probably better, blah, 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 blah. But essentially they both solve that same problem. I'm hungry. I need food. There are calories in that I need. The, my blood sugar is low. I, I need some something and I need it fast. Both of them solve a problem. But when I walk into a McDonald's, at least the McDonald's that are around me or the type of McDonald's you think of, there's like sticky floors. I'm in a long line. I'm usually up against some, you know, there's a cashier that doesn't seem like he or she wants to be there. There might be chatting with each other. It just doesn't feel right. Now, Strike that when I walk into a Chick-fil-A, it's like God is opening the doors themselves and there's you know, music, <laughs> angelic music being played. And I see somebody who's well-dressed and they're smiling and they say my pleasure. And then there's usually some, you know, retiree that's walking around w- willing to fill up your drink or give you a free cookie or something like that. So both of them solve the same external problem of I'm hungry. I need food. I need it fast. and I need it at a reasonable price. Where Chick-fil-A stands out for someone like me is it's solving an internal problem, which is I want good customer service. I want a good experience. I don't want, I'm already eating fast food and I know what that's going to do to my body physically. I don't want to also feel bad about where I'm at here. And so the best products and the best services know that even though you might be fulfilling the same external problem, what you really 
solve is a problem that's much deeper. Uh, one more example. I was just working with an, uh, a uh, photography studio, right? This, this person uh, owns a photography studio and they're specializing in taking family portraits. And they were telling me, man, it's just so tough. Like I just take photos, right? I give, I give family photos. And I said, great. That's what every family photographer does. What differentiates you? And we started talking about what's the problem with family photos. And if you guys are anything like me, you know, I've got an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old they, they, boys. They don't ever look at the camera ever. Uh, 20 years from now, they're going to wonder why all their pictures were blurry and they weren't smiling. It's like, because I couldn't get you guys that look at the camera at the same time. So this, this photographer said, okay, we take the hassle out of family photos. Oh, now that's a differentiator for me and my family because I'm going, yeah, what I want is I want a hassle-free family photo experience. I want to be able to capture the moments that last a lifetime without causing chaos right now. And so she was able to talk that through and now she markets based on hassle-free photo experiences. It's a photo experience. It's a family memory that you're going to love making together. Now she's not talking at all about what kind of pictures, what kind of quality, what kind of looks, anything else like that. She's talking about how that experience is going to make the family feel. And if, uh, if you're anything like me, like that's a big key for my wife is like, Oh, I don't want to take these family photos. Cause we're going to be yelling at each other. We're going to be mad and blah, 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 blah. So now all of a sudden, if she's getting marketed to by someone that says we take the hassle out of family photos, we make a, a, a memory making experience. You're going to love to be a part of. Wow. That, that's a game changer that's going to differentiate you. Now I'm calling you instead of, uh, you know, portraits by Eric or whatever. Like that's, it's, it's totally different because it solves that internal need that we have. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I'm thinking of photography right now and I'm like, I have a nice camera. I can get the nice setup. And then I'm like, why hire a, a professional photographer? And my wife and I are talking about this not too long ago. Now I'm like, yes, I'm hiring a professional photographer. I've changed my right. mindset, but at that time, I'm like, what's the big deal? And I did family photos for the whole extended family. And I was like, man, it's like herding cats. And they're listening mm -hmm. to someone in the family. And, and literally, if I would have seen that heading on somebody's camp, on, I mean, it would have drawn me in immediately. And especially my wife. So not only me, like, oh, yeah, this is a hassle. It's my wife would be like, yeah, we're taking the emotional nightmare out of this and we're going to have a good time right? let someone else handle it. Exactly. Yeah. So those are the types of things that think about what your product or service does on the surface. And then what is that internal problem that it solves? Um, and in a, a way that I like to do it with, with uh, clients is, is just say, um, when you would tell someone, hey, uh, stop doing this and hire us, right? Or how much longer are you going to let blank do blank for you, right? You know, how much longer are you going to struggle trying to get your family together and all looking in the same direction for a photo that you want to put on your wall, right? How, how much longer are you going to um, waste time and energy doing your own books? Now you're going to hire, you know, for a bookkeeper or something else like that. You know, you didn't get in business to sit behind a spreadsheet all day. That's something that like a bookkeeper, a CPA, a, even a VA could use as opposed to, you know, just saying, Hey, we, we do books for small businesses. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Why Yay. don't one? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing is we fall into this trap where we feel like we got to get creative. We got to get cute. We got to get all this other kind of stuff, you know, flowery language when that's not actually true. You could get creative in the way that you talk about how your problem, you know, because how do you make a CPA sexy? How do you make a, you know, accounting firm sexy? How do you make a bookkeeper creative? And, and that's what it is, is instead of just saying, you know, we're really good at spreadsheets or we, 
do your books right. No, it's, it's, you know, we take the hassle out of, I mean, you could even just use that one. We take the hassle out of, uh, out of running your business's finances. Right. And that's, that's a creative way that a business owner is going, yes, ultimately I want my finances to be, to be run well, but that's not really the issue. The issue is I don't want to deal with the hassle. Cause like you said, with the camera, I can get on QuickBooks. I can get, you know, do all this other kind of stuff on my own but it's a hassle. And so if you're out there and you're a bookkeeper, if you're a CPA, if you're a VA, whatever, you're like, you, you take the hassle out of these things. You take the stress out of these things. You free up the business owner to do other things that they would rather do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, there's so many problems. This is so, it's so awesome because there's so many problems that I have. And when I hop online, I, I encounter a lot of frustration. I was just searching for a speed and speed and agility coach for my youngest. He's, he's, he's pretty athletic, but there's just one thing he needs faster feet and he wants it. And so I'm like, Hey, look, I'm going to pay for somebody to, to do some sessions with him. He'll have fun with it. Yeah. You would think that I was asking for an impossible thing. And like, if I would have found the, the, the one message, um, in the manner that you just portrayed, I, I wouldn't have to shop around anymore. So right. not only is, are you connecting with your customer, you're providing value from the millisecond they start because now they're like, I know what my problem is. They're going to fix it instead of like, what really is my problem? I need a speed and agility coach. My problem is right now I can't find one. Right. To like now, like what's the, it would just, would it just would make shopping. It would make the, the finding the expert for the thing I wanted so much easier. Yeah. So how, how does that, how does that equate into life? Oh, I mean, exactly. So think about this, like, uh, th th this is, this is the, the villain for my fatherhood journey is because I said, so <laughs> I, I want to ruthlessly eliminate that line from anything that I'm telling my kids. Um, well, it's easy for sure. Like I would rather tell my kids, Hey, because I said so, or, you know, with, with my relationship dynamic, you know, like my wife knows if, if we talk and I go, Hey, we're, we're going to do this. And that's, you know, like, it's easy to just like throw out authority and go like, you know, because I said so, but that's never going to give you the kind of buy-in and engagement that you want from your kids, from your spouse, from your siblings. If you kind of, you know, planning a family vacation or from the people that you lead at work. If you have a traditional nine to five or a managerial job. And so spitting out the problem, the key idea that you're trying to get across. And this is why, so when you're going to sell an idea or where you're going to sell um, a decision, you need to communicate it in the way that it addresses a problem. Right. So, you know, let's think in a typical, uh, in a typical nine to five, right. You're going to say, Hey, um, let's say we have to switch hours, right? And now we have to like switch up a schedule and you're going to get in front of your, your group of frontline workers or your group of, of workers. And you're going to say, okay, Hey, so uh, came down from corporate. We've got to move from uh, five eights to four tens now. And so we're going to be switching to four tens beginning uh, in two weeks. And if you have any issues, you know, come and see me after the meeting. Hey guys, this is Scott. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, but I did want to interrupt for just a second because I am super passionate about a new tool that I've found and been using for the last month or so. And if you're like me, the thought of writing copy puts me into cold sweats. But we all know that writing blogs, social media posts, web copy, ads, and more are part of life and can make a considerable impact on moving the needle to success in your business or job. 
We all know how difficult it can be to wrangle ideas, action words, and details, not to mention time constraints. Fear not. I have found a solution that allow, will allow you to easily crank out stunning copy in minutes. It's Jarvis, guys. It's probably hit your social media feed and you think it's too good to be true, but it is not. Jarvis is the latest artificial intelligence technology that will help you create content at lightning speed with little effort on your part or hefty fees for writers. You fill in two easy steps and it'll lay out descriptive paragraphs, both short and long form articles, bullet lists, social media posts, blog posts, ad copy, SEO copy, Google ad copy. It gets super detailed. There are tons of templates to choose from. It's totally up to you. It's two steps and it blows me away every time I use it. In fact, it just keeps getting better and better. So if you're like me, the thought and thought it was too good to be true, trust me, this product kicks ass. I literally use it every single day for personal and professional use. Just go try it for free and use my link. uh, And it's in the show notes. I'm not going to read it to you because it's crazy. But go to the show notes, click on the link, sign up for your free trial. You will never look back. And this is a great way to support this podcast. Super simple for you, for your business. Send it to your boss. Send it to your friends. It will revolutionize workflow. The link is in the podcast notes. And if you want to support the Brotherhood of Fatherhood, this is a great way. What do you think that reaction? Right? Things like that. Now, if you as the manager can identify, okay, what's the problem that this is ultimately going to solve? What's in it for my, uh, for, for my workers that they are going to be facing? What are the problems and how can I communicate it in a way that's going to help get them on board and engaged, right? And so, uh, I don't know, I, I made that up on the spot, so I don't really know what the problem would be that they're trying to solve. But if they could say, hey, we, we now have to start making better deadlines because uh, our production facility needs things done by Fridays and our, and our typical nine to five uh, Monday through Friday schedule is putting our production teams uh, behind when they get to start. And so what we're going to do is we're going to implement a new set of schedules. That's going to go to four tens, blah, 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 blah. But then you start pitching all the benefits. Now, what that does for us is it gives us a three day weekend for all of you here. And so now you're starting to communicate it in a way that's going to say, Hey, here's the problem. We're ultimately trying to solve with this solution. This is how we're solutioning. Uh, this is how we're solving it. And this is how it's going to make your life better. And this is going to ha- be how you're, you're going to respond to it. These are all the benefits that you're going to pitch instead of, because I said so. Now imagine applying that to your kids as well. You know, there are plenty of times where my kids like, Hey, can we get ice cream? And it's just not on the schedule. Right. And so I can say, no, why, why, why? Well, because I said, so we're not getting ice cream. Now, what that does is it sets up a dynamic where they're not engaged with me. Like I'm trying to help them solve their problem. They're, they're not looking at me as the, the father figure. That's really, you know, empathizing with where they are right now. Now they don't always love my reaction because I still have to say no. But if I say, you know what, I love getting ice cream and you know, that's something that we love to do together. So I've stated out, right. That this is, this is the value that we're going for. Hey, right now is not going to be the best time because of this sort of thing in our schedules. There's something else that we can do that's fun. And now you've addressed their real problem. Uh, you, You haven't just said no on the surface. You've actually gone and said internally, they want to either get a snack or do something fun or have a connection time, or we always get ice cream here. And so you're really, you're talking to them in a way that's going to actually create engagement and problem solving and really put you shoulder to shoulder together rather than become adversaries um, apart. 
in business that turns away your customers, they're going to go somewhere else in life, in your relationship and in your family. I mean, that just has, you know, that just has long-term effects uh, that, you know, we really have a hard time coming back from if we do that too often. Yeah. man, you just, you, there's so many applications. This is kind of blowing my mind because I've, I've thought of times when I was running a business and I need to, needed to make a big change that affected the, the clients. Yep. And I knew I knew because of my expertise and my insight into the entire equation, why it was going to be better for them. But I'm just like, Hey, here's what we're doing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it doesn't go well. Like people don't like change. So having a, here's what, what we're doing, here's why, and here's how it's benefiting you. Here's mm-hmm. how it's going to improve your life, your day, your service from mm-hmm. us, whatever it is. And I've seen that happen so many times with businesses. Like they'll just announce a change and you're like, like uh, Hobby Lobby just did this and maybe they had some sort of statement, but they're like, Hey, we're getting rid of our 40% coupon. And like, I mean, me and my family, if we go to Hobby Lobby, my boys like to go there They pick up models. They pick up things. Yeah. They like rely on the 40% coupon. Yep. Well, Hobby Lobby did a horrible job in my opinion of relaying the message of like, we're going to have more sales more often, um, which we didn't believe. We're like, yeah, right. whatever. Yeah, I think I think the theme to me, the theme of the last uh, 18 months has been poor communication. Uh, so whether you think about what we've gone through, you know, not to get political or anything like that, but what we've gone through as a nation, it's been a masterclass on what poor communication looks like and rolling out things with bad communication. You could be rolling out good things with bad communication, but if you don't state the problem you're trying to solve ultimately up front, um, then you're going to put yourself against your customers. You're going to put yourself against uh, your your um, workers, your employees. You're going to put yourself against your family. Um, so I usually use this analogy of like a table. You and I are sitting on the opposite side of the table. And now if I say, this is what we're going to do, this is what's going to happen. Now I'm putting you and me on, on opposite sides of the table. And then the issue that we have is in the middle. Now, if I come around and I say, see, here's the problem that we're trying to solve. And I can stand shoulder to shoulder with you. And I can point down there and I can say, Hey, here's, here's what we're going for. Here's the ultimate goal. Now it feels like we're in it together, working together to solve that problem. And so now you have more of that buy-in from those constituents that, that we just talked about. So, you know, whether it's Hobby Lobby or anybody else, they can announce and they can say, Hey, we love, you know, and even throw out, out that empathy. We love the 40% coupon. We know that for so many of you, um, that's what drives you to come in uh, because ultimately you want to sale and you want to know that you're getting things at the best possible prices. Well, starting in a month or starting in two weeks, we are going to roll out more sales on more products more of the time. Here's some examples, blah, 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 blah. And so they've acknowledged, like, we know why this coupon is so valuable for you. We have a solution that's actually going to be better than that. And I mean, and now that starts to build trust. Now you start to see the examples and, and they, they, your, your people are going to buy in a lot more because you are actually telling them, this is the problem that we know you have that you want to solve. The coupon solves the problem, but this is actually going to be better. So I would say this, this is probably the one thing uh, communicating in general, that if you take nothing else out of this podcast or this conversation, this is it. And this, it's a something that I help remember, like in communication, I don't want to whiff. So I have to think with what's in it for them. What's in it for them whiffed. So did I whiffed on that one? Because I got to think what's in it for them. Anytime I'm communicating, what is the perspective they're bringing? And is my communication 
communicating in a way that's talking about what's in it for them. My kids ask, Hey, can we get ice cream? Can we get McDonald's? And I say, no, at no point did I think what's in it for them in my response. Cause if I start to think of it and I've just say, no, yes, the same result could happen. But if I just say, no, what's in it for them, I've said no to their idea. Uh, I become somebody that never gives them what they want. I become a, a combative nature. Um, I become somebody that's harder for them to come to if they have questions or requests. Uh, now they want to try and get around me if they want, if they want to get what they want, as opposed to stepping in and communicating it in a way that thinks about what is in it for them when I'm communicating this. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, I heard it. I've heard the, the same concept. And I've used this with people a lot. And I love yours. I love mine. It's the same thing. It's a little easier to explain yours. Mine's WIFM. Tune into WIFM. What's in it for mm -hmm. me? So tune into yep. their station, which is what's in it for me. And I think about that with my kids. I think about that with my wife. Like think about these conversations with your wife where you're just, and it's like, wait, mm -hmm. if I come to this from the angle of why it matters that we're having this conversation and what the end goal yep. is. This is what I've been actually able to do really well, probably for the last six months after some intentional work is, hey, babe, we both have the same end goal. We want to go right. here. We're just seeing this from a different angle and, and we need to like, let's realign. We're on the right. same team. Um, and yeah. I, it's almost the same thing with your kids. It's the same thing with a business when you're trying to say, hey, we're on your team. We're here to help you. Here's how. Yeah. And I think if you start off a conversation with your wife, with your kids, with your marketing and saying, I know that you want blank. And if you can't answer that question, when it comes to whatever we're talking about right here, if you, if you can't say, I know that you want blank. And when you say whatever that blank is, they go, yep. If you can't answer that question, that means that you're not ready to communicate whatever it is. So in your business, you need to clarify out and go, okay, what is it that my customer actually wants? In your personal life, that means asking more questions to communicate better. So when it comes to a vacation, like that's the big thing for me and my wife is like, we, we love having fun together, right? But she has different goals on vacation than I might have, you know? And so before I step in and say, this is my idea for where we're going to go on vacation, where we're going to take our trip, what we're going to do with our money. I have to stop back and say, hey, I know that you want, and I'm going, oh, I actually don't, or I assume that I know. And now you get to ask those questions and figure it out before you can communicate it out. So I would say you're not ready to communicate whatever it is you want to communicate, unless you can answer that question of what's in it for them. Uh, unless you can think through the what's in it for me situation where they're coming from. Well, <clears throat> that requires some clarity. And I think that's yes. one and patience. I think that's one really big blind side. Let's talk one about husbands. They don't, this is where um, I learned something called perceptual intelligence. Like look at the other person's viewpoint. What is their perception? Understand that intrinsically and um, almost biologically, people do not do things to harm others. Even right. people that do horrific things, it is not like this harmful, like destruction mode. Yeah. Now there's some psychosis or some things sure. going on, sure, sure, get sure. Into it. but typically people don't do things to hurt others on purpose. So that's number one. Number two is what is that perspective they're seeing it from? Yeah. And that's the hard part that takes some real practice and intelligence. And that's what I've really kind of like re really worked on realigning. Like, how do I see this from the angle that my wife is seeing? This? Yeah. How do I see this through the eyes of my child? How do I see this through the eyes of my customer? And 
And then several things happen, empathy, and then you also understand how to direct your, your conversation or your dialogue based on, oh, okay, this is where we want to go. And I see where they're coming from. And now right. I need to kind of, I can angle my own approach. It's like changing your trajectory for a landing. You've got to get in alignment with their running, their, their runway. Otherwise you right. land crooked and everything goes, to, goes to hell. Um, and, and then the thing that I want to say, scream from the mountaintops is don't do this alone. Something mm -hmm. that I am very um, adamant about. And I've said a lot in my latest podcast is like, get a coach, Yep. get a coach, whether it's for marriage, whether it's for parenting, whether it's for, and I don't sell coaching. So, <laughs> you know, right. it, 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 but I have a coach. I have a, I have a coach for podcasting. I have a coach for business. I have a coach for my, um, <clears throat> my personal growth. Well, if you're struggling in marriage, get a coach or someone in your corner for, for marriage. If you're struggling in your business, get a coach. And this is the thing we've talked about this. We don't see what we're doing in our business from the consumer's point of view, because we've been in it for so long. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. And you need, you need an outside person saying, wait, you know, I see what you're saying. I see, I understand, but does everybody that you want coming into your business or engaging with your product, does everybody know that? Right. If they don't, you're automatically turning them off. I've heard you actually have that conversation with. Yeah. And I think the other piece is that, you know, you think through this, this is an axiom that I learned a while back is that communication is not information sent. Communication is information received. And so for so many of us guys, especially stereotypical guys, I start to think, well, I told you, I said this as a, as a business, well, I'm communicating exactly, you know, what I want. I'm communicating exactly how it's going to make their lives better, but your communication sent does not equal effective communication. It is whether or not they are receiving it the right way that equals effective communication. And just like you said, a lot of times you can't, well, most of the time you can't shine a mirror on your own communication. Cause it's just like your nose. It's so close to your face, but you literally can't see it unless someone else holds a mirror up to you to see it. And so whether it's communicating with your spouse or your kids or communicating in your business, that marketing and that messaging, you need to hear a third party tell you back that feedback to let you know if that information is being received effectively. Because for any of you that have been in marriage um, or couples counseling or therapy or anything else like that, you know that conversation happens where you say, well, I say this, well, I'm doing this all the time and I'm communicating this all the time, but your partner and your spouse may not be hearing it the way that you're intending it. And so that's where we need to change our approach and our communication to really focus, just like you said, on what is it that they're, that they're receiving. And a lot of times a coach helps you do that. Yeah, for sure. There's things that a coach will see that you cannot see right. or a mentor or whatever it is. Um, you know, I almost say, don't let it be a good friend because most good friends are just going to say what makes you happy. I am very fortunate. I've found a great friend and business partner who shoots it straight. He's right. like, Hey, look, look, I'm listening to your language this week and you're self-sabotaging. <laughs> you know, it's like, yep. and he's like, and I'm like, Oh, what do you mean? He's has examples and it's hard to hear, but I go away from that. And the next day, everything's better because I've adjusted. I've realigned. That's what a good coach does. A good coach yep. swoops in and says, this is what you're thinking. This is what you're sounding like. This is what you're doing. And I think we do that so often in our business and in our relationships. We think yep. we're sending this message when really we're just not. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I would say when you're trying to look for a coach too, you know, I think you brought it up 
but there's a couple of qualities you need to look for is like a lot of times, like I need to find a coach that is for me. Yes, but not really. You need to find a coach that is for the you that you want to be. <laughs> you need to that. find a coach that is for the business that you want to have, not the business that you have now, not, not the you that you are now, because a lot of times your friends are for you. Your, your relatives are for you, but they're for you right now. And so I don't want to mess up what we have here. So I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. So that way it's good for now. Then you have the other toxic coaches that are in it for themselves. We won't even talk about that. You need to find somebody in your life that can agree that I am for the you that you want to be. I am for the marriage that you want to have. I am for the business that you want to build. I am for the kids that you want to raise as healthy adults. And that's what's going to help push you towards those goals instead of keeping you happy in stasis where you are right now. Yeah, that's wow. I've never like thought of that. I actually had this conversation. It was a, it was a Facebook conversation and someone said, you know, what's the, what's your number one, your one, your top thing you do for personal development. And people are like read books and meditate and all this stuff. And my answer was, and I think I'm right. I'm just going to say it. I think I'm right. (laughs) Is I surround myself with people who have and do what I want and how I want to be. Yes. Bottom line. I, I mean, like I can read, my ass off. And I do, and I can work on like, I do gratitude, you know, every single day. And I'm immersed in what I would call meditation for me, which is prayer. And all these things that I do over and over and over again, they are, all they are doing is they are the, the, the foundation mm-hmm. or being able to learn. And, but the real meat comes when you're surrounded by people who have what you want, do how you want to do act how you are and be are at where you want to go. Yeah. And that's not easy. It's not easy to find those people and um, coaches straight up. We, and I just had this on the last podcast. Um, I was talking to a gentleman recently who hired a really bad coach, really bad experience. My wife has hired two coaches, really not the right people for her. Sure. And this is the big, this is the big answer. Do they have what I want? Well, they have something, but it's not what I want. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I think that's incredible advice. And I mean, that's the other part of the marketing framework that I work through, you know, it's called story brand and we go through kind of that, but one of the keys of that is that the, that the guide that you seek out, the coach that you seek out, the mentor figure that you seek out needs to exhibit two things. And that's empathy and authority. Empathy says, I know what you're struggling with. And authority says, I have what it takes to help you get what you want. And so whether you're in a business as a business, you need to establish yourself as the guide, as the coach, as the authority figure to say, Hey, uh, customer, I know what you're struggling with. And as this business, we have the product, we have the service to help you get to where you want to go in the same way, looking for a coach or a mentor. Um, you know, I mean, it's that, it's that, uh, that common phrase of like, you are the average of your closest five friends. You are the average of the, the five most visited YouTube channels you go to the five most visited social media thing like that's going to be your average so whoever surrounds you is going to shape you and you need to be very very careful with who you put close to you you know this because that's how you do it with your kids you want your kids to be friends with people that aren't just a bunch of bozos right so like why wouldn't you do that in your own life in the same way as like your marriage is probably going to be the average of the five couples that you hang out with most so who are you hanging out with what are you getting influence from are those people the type of people that either you want to be 
they know they know what it takes to get there or they've already gotten them there themselves or is it are, are you now the the top echelon of whoever you're hanging out because that ultimately is going to drag you down instead of help push, pushing you forward well that's another argument for the friend thing like um josh and i are really great friends we talk almost every day and when we don't talk usually on the weekends we don't talk when we don't talk it's like mondays like i couldn't wait to talk to you again right and we do help each other grow but here's the real truth and him and i both talked about this is we're surrounding each other with each other right but um we both hire coaches in different areas because we know that that is um we will, we will grow to where we're each other at, but that caps, that caps out. And we both need to right. continue to grow so that we can continue to influence each other. And yeah. I think that goes extremely, it's very important in business. So yeah. I see like websites and messaging out there all the time that it's just so wrong. But mm -hmm. what they've done is they've taken the other gym that they admire and they've looked at their website and they've copied it. They've taken, um, and, and actually I would say, that's probably the most persistent, consistent action. Hey, that website looks cool to me. Yep. I like it. I'm just going to copy it. Well, <laughs> good, good job. You're a cookie cutter now. You, right. you know? um, and so when you go through a process with a business, how hard is it to get some of them to change their messaging or to change? I mean, they're coming to you. They're asking for help. Yeah, I, that's that the big difference is, um, you know, so here's what I used to do. I used to cold call businesses and sometimes it worked out, you know, where I would find a website or I'd find something else and say, hey, I would love to give you a free website evaluation or I would just send them one in general and kind of say, hey, this is what I think you're doing good, what you're doing bad. And the people that don't think they have a problem don't want the help, right? Obviously. Uh, but the, the, the big thing is getting people to understand, like, is your current website, is your current communication getting you what you want? How, so usually my first question is um, like, so if any of your listeners contact me and ask me for a consult, my first question is going to be like, Hey, what do you love about your marketing? And what aren't, you know, what do you wish could be better? Cause right there you identify whether or not they know that the things that they're doing are, are working or not, if they have that self-awareness. And by that time, you're probably asking for a coach. Um, the, the difficult thing happens when it's like uh, a family business and it's like the next generation is contacting me because the previous generation, you know, it's like they know they need help, but they're not ready. Or you have a VP of operations contacting you, but the CEO is not bought in. So all of that can be can be very difficult uh, to overcome. But essentially, yeah, is just going back to like, is what you're doing getting you what you want? Because if it's not, then we need to change it. Yeah, that's really good, and that's a pretty easy a pretty easy mark to, to look at. Like, mm -hmm. like, am I getting conversions from my website? Am I getting conversions from my social media? Are my wife and I moving in the right direction in our, in our communication, in our relationship? Like, I mean, this whole vacation thing. I remember when my wife and I were, we're talking about our 25th, we were having our 25th. It's coming up in a week or so. We're like, man, I told her, I said, Hey, look, it's our 25th. We stopped traveling a lot when our kids were born we got to travel. This, this is, this is crazy. And, and we had this conversation, well, what do we want out of this experience? And so we came together and we we're like, this is what we want. We want to chill. We want a beautiful location. We want a beach, you know, and, and, um, and we landed on uh, Costa Rica, which is awesome. I'm pumped, but, but the communication started with the, what is the outcome that we're looking for? Right. And I think a lot of times, uh, you know, you fight over, uh, something around the house, something around the house. And it would have been so much smoother had you said, Hey, let's, 
like we're not seeing eye to eye on this. What's the outcome we're looking for? And that's right. the approach that you took with Josh and I when we're we're building our website and, and when looking through all this stuff, like what do you want? Well, you want sales. Who do you want for your sales? These are the people we wanna we wanna have come into our business. Okay, what are their problems? It was just so incredible. I love the process. And that's probably yeah. why I've sent you three, four, I don't know how many people. Sure. But um yeah. I just it, it it's uh it's just such a powerful way to operate in everything that you do. Yeah, and I think you you brought it up earlier too about like when you're in business, you want to copy what somebody else is doing that's successful. When you're when you have a marriage, you know, and sometimes it's the it's the husband saying it, but more often stereotypically it's the wife saying it. Oh, why can't you be more like so and so's husband? You know, why can't you be more like that? Right? And you kind of like banter back and forth about that. What I would say is never copy the what without understanding the why. So never copy what they're doing without understanding why they're doing it. So copy the why all you want, but don't just copy the what without understanding the why. And so if it's it's a website thing, if it's a social media thing, if it's whatever you're doing, that's what the competition is doing. That's what the other people are doing. But until you dig down and think, why are they doing that? Then I guarantee you won't even want to copy the what anymore because when you understand what that why is, you'll you'll make it um, you'll, you'll make it custom for you and for your business or for your relationship. And you'll maybe change the what. And so, uh, like, you know, you just talked about vacation with your wife. So my wife, we were planning a vacation for July and my wife goes, let's do Hawaii. So there's a, what let's do Hawaii. I mean, that's pretty easy. Uh, hunter gatherer, Eric is going to go, yes, let's go out, kill beast of Hawaii, make Hawaii happen. Right. Like that's just, now I've got something to go after. Turns out Hawaii wasn't our budget, you know, like that just wasn't yeah. going to happen. Or it was like, uh, I don't think we'd be able to see all of the different things that we would want to see. And so the same thing with you, we had the conversation. So I was able to say, instead of going, ah, Hawaii is not going to work. Uh, or I was able to go, hey, tell me, tell me about what about Hawaii? Like, why do you want to go to Hawaii? And then as she was explaining the things that she wanted out of that Hawaii vacation, uh, you know, there are maybe 10 to 12 things. Now we couldn't meet two or three because that was specific to that location, but it was, I want to go somewhere warm. I want to go somewhere top tropical. I want to go somewhere I've never been before. I want to go somewhere where the kids are going to have fun, where we're going to enjoy each other. Um, and then, you know, obviously I brought it in, but I was like, do you, how much money do you want to spend on this? Do we want to break the bank on that? No, no, no. Someplace that's not going to put us in a bad financial position. Oh, great. So that's why she said Hawaii. Once I figured out why she said Hawaii, now we could come together and figure out a what, a place we were going to go that was going to be able to match most of that why, you know, and, and be reasonable for us. So if you see another gym and you're a gym owner and they're putting something or they're doing something on social media, you need to see why are they doing that? Because maybe the goals they have aren't going to be the same as your goals. Maybe the, tar the target market that they're trying to reach aren't going to be the same. I deal with this with gyms all the time where it's like, uh, who are the people you want to reach? We want to reach the average everyday workout person and help them to meet their fitness goals. Great. Cool. What are you doing? We're putting up a bunch of photos and videos of all of our top level athletes that are maxing out and PRing and doing the one handed thing and the super rope climb with no let like, why? Well, because that's what the other gym does. And you're like, but that's not getting you what it is that you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same across all industries. Gyms right. are notorious for, for doing that. And it's, it's, it makes me want to vomit quite honestly, right. but uh, you know, you have to show not the ideal, um, the ideal person in your mind, uh, the ideal 
what culture sees as ideal, someone fit in the fitness industry or someone in, in the fashion industry, someone super fashion. What you, you got to show is who you want to attract into your business. Right. Like yep. if you want to attract the high-end competitor, you know, just going to what I know really well, gyms. Yeah. Show all those top athletes because mm -hmm. other top, top performers are going to come. But if you're trying to get the average person in the door and you're only highlighting all the top people who happen to be in your gym or yourself, who's probably ripped and lifting heavy weights and doing crazy things. No one wants any of it. It's right. completely wrong messaging. And I think we do that in life all the time. All, all and I'll ask. And it might just be something where it's like, yes, it's okay to show what the aspirational goal is. But if you don't show the incremental steps, then people, it's going to be very short lived. And so with gyms, uh, fitness gurus or fitness, what would you call them? Fitness influencers do this all the time where it's like, yeah, sure. You might get that first sale, but you're not going to get people that are going to be repeat customers because they're going to realize that, that they can't do it. You haven't given them a clear path to what success looks like for them. And right. so, you know, there's so many businesses too, that I deal with where they're like, we want to be the next Apple, or we want to be the next, you know, Sony or Canon or whatever. And you're like, okay, cool. What, what does that mean to you? And usually what that means, we just want to be really successful. And, you know, people will say stuff like we want to disrupt the marketplace. What the heck does that mean? You know what I mean? And like, and do you have what it takes right now? Do you have an incremental way to get there? Are you looking at your infrastructure for your business? Are you set up well for that? Are those even the types of clients that you want? Because a lot of times I'll deal with businesses where it's like they, they talk about their worst clients but that's the type of business that they say they want to grow. But it's like, man, I'm just so frustrated by these type of clients. Okay, well then stop advertising to them. Oh, th this type of client never can pay or never can afford it or never can whatever. Then stop advertising to them. Advertise to the type of client that you would love to attract and have more of. Take your top 10% of customers, put them together and just say, what do they have in common? What, what types of things are they doing and advertise that way market to those people? Because if you, if I just said to any business owner, if I could give you a 10% increase in your top 10% of clients, what would that do for your business? You know, think about the money return that would be, think about the less hassle that would take on your salespeople or on you in particular, think about the customer service benefit that that, that would have for you. Think about the testimonial benefit that would have for you. So look at the ideal client that you want, figure out how to market to them. So this thing keeps coming to my mind um, because you're, you know, your ideal client market to them. What is your client? What does the person want? What is it you're actually delivering? What is it that they, the client wants to see that you're delivering? And, and you know, as the, as a professional, what you're actually delivering, sometimes it's not aligned, but I see this common thing. And I, I, I recall this with you questions just a lot of questions. Do you think questions are probably asking questions are probably the most powerful tool we have, especially for uh, you? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's probably hyperbolic in a way, but I'll say it. Yeah. Questions, questions are going to give you way more perspective uh, than statements or assumptions, right? Because questions help you test whether or not your assumptions are correct. Questions help you gain a new perspective. Questions help you clarify and distill down uh, for understanding. And so I would say as many times as you can ask those questions. Uh, I was going to bring it up earlier, but for those of you who are Game of Thrones fans and you know about Tyrion Lannister, the, um, I forget who the, uh, who's the, uh, Dinklage, right? Peter Dinklage plays that character. Anyway, 
he he's like so successful in that show. And one of the things that he's always doing is he's always asking the other people that are kind of playing the game. He's asking them, what is it that you want? What do you want? What are your motivations here? And so those types of questions help you get to people's core motivations. It helps you get to what people actually want, helps you get the right feedback that you need to adjust. And so I think the more often that you can ask questions, that you can seek out new information uh, and then apply that effectively, because you can't just apply every bit of feedback that you get, but applied feedback in the right way that's leading you to where you want to go is going to be the most successful. That equates to your relationship and to fatherhood as well. Because if you're not asking your kids for feedback, if you're not asking your kids how they're doing, if you're not asking your kids, you know, what they felt, what they were going through in those different ways, then you, you will not be able to make the adjustments needed that are really going to meet them where they are and help them grow to where ultimately, you know, you believe that, that they need to be going. Yeah, that's, it's, it's really good. I, I was just thinking past on the coaches that we've hired and the people that have been the most influential in my life. And the majority of the conversations I have with them, they're asking questions. Yeah. It, it, like to be an amazing coach, you've got to be a good question asker because we all have those things hidden inside. And I remember going through this, this process with you, with Josh and I, and you would ask, just continue to ask a lot of questions like, well, why, <clears throat> why do you think that's important? And does, you know, what is your client? what does your client say that makes you think that's important? It's like, it feels like a challenge. And this is something I also want to talk about. Like um, I started, I learned to ask questions. So I started asking my wife a lot of questions. Yeah. Excuse me. And I realized that tone is important yep. and, and also doing it out of love because I'll ask challenging questions. She's like, why are you challenging me? I'm like, no, I, I just seriously want, to understand why you think that way. So right. it's not an overnight thing. <laughs> right. I've had to, I've had to recant a few conversations like, okay, okay, okay. I'm not judging. I'm not arguing right. with you. I'm just trying to get to the depth of really what is causing you to think this way or do that or want what you want. And sometimes we, it's just stating that motivation for the question. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to understand this better with that in mind. How do you feel about this? Or when this is happening, what do you think about this? And I think that's a, really great strategy for talking with our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's been eye-opening for me. I mean, I've got an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old. Um, they're in that weird middle ground of like, they're not quite in the adolescent, you know, mature, uh, maturing adult type of conversation, but they're also, you know, not four or five and six where it's just all surface level funny or whatever else like that. And so, but it's been very eye-opening for me to ask key questions. Like we just got off, we got done with a vacation and I was like, Hey, can you tell me like, what were like three of the things that you love the most about our vacation? And of course, I'm not expecting my eight-year-old to, to do an in-depth evaluation of every single thing that we did and then give me an accurate result of all that. But it gave me a perspective on the types of things that he liked to do. And it, it helped me understand, like he said, hey, I like getting donuts with you. I was like, well, why? You know, I asked him why. I, what do you like about give, getting donuts with me? And he's like, I like spending time in the car with you. Oh, right. So so now there are these different things that I may not have known or my, I may, may have just assumed, well, the kid wants donuts. Of course, every eight-year-old wants donuts. But he says, I like spending time in the car, just you and me. 
So now I can put that in perspective as a father and think, when are some other times, if I'm going to the grocery store, if I'm running an errand, instead of say, instead of saying, Hey guys, I'm going to be back. Cause I know you're probably gonna want to hang out here and play on your tablets, blah, 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 blah. I might go, Hey, Oliver, do you want to come with me? Right. And give him an opportunity to do something that he's communicated to me that he likes to do. Well, I see another outcome of questions of really helping people align their own thinking. Like, right. like sometimes uh, this keeps coming up, like maybe your wife wants a, uh, you know, $150,000 car, like a Land Rover or whatever they're called, sure. it's a, or, you know, a Maserati of some sort. And you're like, that's awesome, honey. I mean, I'm going to buy that when, when, when I can, uh, you know, I want it so bad for you. Uh, and it just keeps coming up. I think that's a great opportunity to say, Hey, you know, I know you love that car. What is it about mm-hmm. that car that you love? Right. And through conversation continually asking questions, she might realize she doesn't actually care about that car. She cares about the status or she might right. just love a color. You might find out she just loves a color that that mm-hmm. car comes in that no other car comes in. And you're like, okay, yeah. yep. now, Hey babe, I know you love that car. What are some of the features you love about that car? Talk through. Yep. And then you can come back later and say, Hey, look, in the meantime, maybe we could get you this car, throw two grand into it and get the wrap exactly color matched. Right. And see how that feels on you. Like, cause I know I want to get you that car. I'm working on it. I'm, I am dead set on it. And it may be a year it may be five years, but for now, what is this? And then if she's like, no, then you ask more questions. This right. is just a real weird example, but it's the same with the kids. Like, Hey, why do you want to go to like ice cream? Why do you want to go get right. donuts? What is it? And you find the root of really what's going on. And then you can actually provide more of that in other scenarios. So now it becomes like, I'm thrilled if I get to go the, like you start asking a kid, you want to go to the hardware store with me? My kid will go do run errands with me. He's 13. Almost every single time he'll go run. Sure. Yeah. And I, I can guarantee you, he loves the car time. I haven't asked him, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm sure that's it. But how many parents are, are missing these opportunities are so simple. I don't know how to connect with my kids, but you're, I, I take them out to McDonald's and we, we take them to the park and we take them to yeah. the water. You're park assuming, all you're, these assuming you're not asking questions. Right. And they're all they care about is the time they're driving from point A to point B. And you're like, Oh, okay. yeah. And some other reason why I love the example, on their devices. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I love the example with, uh, with your wife or, you know, the fake example of the car. Cause like, sometimes it's like you realize, Oh, she just wants to dream big dreams with you. Yeah. Never wants the car. But like, so a lot of times as a man, like I might be, I might start getting, um, insecure over like, well, I'm never going to be able to provide that for her. And she wants this and I'm not adequate enough, or I'm not this, or I'm not that, but maybe it's, she likes talking about dreaming big dreams and imagining where you could go one day. That's great. Maybe it's that she's driven, um, to achieve, to set a goal and achieve a goal. Right. So like you, you don't know those things until you start to really dial down and ask. And I think it's the same, same thing. Like you said, with the kids, like your kid may like to go run errands with you because every time you're done running errands, like they're always allowed to buy. So like you might've set something um, subconsciously, like you always let them buy something from the, the checkout thing. And it's like, Oh, I just, I like that opportunity to, to get a, a toy. And it's like, okay, cool. And I think we talked about it on our last podcast fine. I'm going to spend, you know, a dollar on a pack of gum for you, knowing that I'm going to get an hour of time with you. Totally worth it. Right. I'm going to invest that now to build a relationship that in the future is going to have different dividends. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, there's a fine line that you don't want them to think they're going to get every time you do something, but Correct. That's, yeah, a, of that's a very simple, that's a conversation. Hey, like, right. just know this may not happen every time, but right. I'm going to, I'm when I can make it happen, I'm going to make it happen, exactly. but also set the precedence of a, dollar pack of gum like 
I don't care if you have five bucks, that's all you got in your wallet. Like, look, spend the buck. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, So there's so many things about what you do. They're so, so in alignment with the way that we should operate in life with communication. Do you believe that everything we do is a sale? I, I, one of my favorite authors once said, like, if you don't, if you don't think you're a good salesperson, you know, maybe you're not, but if you're married, you, you, you made a big sale. If you had kids, you made a big sale. If you, you know, like he just went through this list. I'm like, oh, wow. Everyone is a salesman. What is your view on that? Yeah. And you know, it's, I mean, for a short answer, yes, you can, you can call it whatever you want. Cause a lot of people don't like to say it's sales. Everything's a negotiation. Um, everything is, is communication. Everything is trying to convince someone. Uh, you know, my, my favorite is like everything you're doing is, is based on engagement. I am always trying to engage someone else into something. It could be an idea. It could be into buying something. It could be into a relationship. It could be whatever. But if you're communicating with someone, you are trying to engage someone. So, you know, I'm a storyteller and I like telling jokes and I like, I like it when people are laughing. And if you don't have a, an engaging story or an engaging, you know, thing to tell or say, they're going to tune you out. And so that's just in general in life, anything that you do, you're either selling to somebody, you're trying to engage them in something, because if we need to seek to be understood in life, we need to engage people. We need to sell them on the idea that we have an interview is sales. You know, anything that you're doing is going to be some level of sales, whether you feel comfortable saying that word or not, the, the basis of it is true. Yeah. So good, man. So good. Well, I love what you're doing. You know that otherwise I wouldn't have you on podcast twice. Um, and I appreciate your work and I appreciate what your work has done for our business. Um, I mean, in so many ways, I mean, yeah. if you guys are listening to this, you have a business, if you just go through the process uh, and let Eric walk through the process with you and then maybe build wireframe out your, your webpage, you will have learned so much more than just having set, having someone build your webpage. This is not just a get this, tell this person and get it done. This is it's going to get done, but you're going to have the why behind everything. So how can people tune into you if they're, if they're like, man, I could use this guy, which they can. Yeah. Well, so it's uh two and two consulting is the business that I run. So Instagram, LinkedIn, anything else like that. If you search for two and two consulting, you can get there. My website is two and two consulting services.com. The number two, one, two consulting services.com. She could just shoot me an email, Eric at two and two consulting services.com. Um, we can schedule you know, a free evaluation. If there's a website that you have, especially if you told me, Hey, I listened to this on the brotherhood of fatherhood, uh, podcast and say, here's my website. What do you think? I will just for free, I'll just send you back a website evaluation and you'll get some actionable steps, uh, to be able to fix that. And if you have any other marketing piece, I mean, I'll give you an evaluation, send it back because I think, um, to go back to our previous conversation, uh, everything you do is selling. The reason why people are upset by that topic is because most selling feels like manipulation. But when you do selling right, you're actually adding value to other people. Because when you walk away from a sales experience where you get what you want, that is a positive experience. And so for me, my whole philosophy and mindset is I want to add value to anyone I come in contact with. And so for sales, for advice, for coaching, for whatever, if it's not adding value to you and making your life or your business or your marriage better, then I don't want to do it. And so when you think about it through those standpoints, that when you're selling to someone, you're honestly trying to make their life better, then yes, indeed, everything I'm doing is is sales because everything I want to do is to provide value for someone else. 
Absolutely. And that's another thing I've, I failed to mention. I thought about it earlier was when we we're talking about coaches. If you're, if, if you're looking for a coach and they don't give you something for free, that is super valuable for you before you commit to anything, yeah. you're not going to get anything out of them. They don't have value sure. for you. I mean, anybody right. that has something worth buying is going to give you something for free. They're going to give you advice if they can't like for, for our business, we literally, if, if we can't solve your problem, we will find a solution for you. We'll push you in that direction. We've, we've right. referred so many other services, which is another thing way to just absolutely win is refer people to other places where they need it. They're going to come back yeah. around to you when it's time. So exactly. Um, yeah. And I know Eric does that. So definitely uh, look up, um, look up Eric. Thanks so much for being on another podcast of the brotherhood of fatherhood. I uh, really enjoy our professional relationship and yep. um, I hope, I hope best for you, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to all you dads out there who are making a difference every day in the next generation. If there's any way I can help you do what you do better, let me know. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.